Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do something with the arts. Now, we've had artists on, we've had musicians, but I don't think we've ever had an actor on the show. And so we're going to talk about acting, but we're not going to talk about like how to act. We're going to talk about a very cool, very awesome and very powerful veteran focused play. And you say, Tyler, what are we talking about plays? Now, this one's different and it's special. And so to talk with us about it, we have Scott Mann. He's a retired lieutenant colonel. He was in the Army. He was a special forces guy, did lots of cool stuff. And when he retired, he said, I really want to share the message about all the things that the veterans are going through that we don't really talk about. They're not really visible, these invisible wounds of war. So welcome to the show, Scott. Yeah. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. I'm so impressed with, with the play and the entire production and how you've been doing it, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Tell me about the play. How's that for a midlife crisis? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. When I told my wife, Monty, who I'd been married to at that point for a little over two decades, I said, babe, I think I'm going to write a play. She said, you're going to do what? And, and I said, and I think I want to perform it. And she's, she said, oh, of course you did. And I had never written a play. I've never acted except for maybe our senior play at my little, my little town of Mount Ida, Arkansas, when I was a kid. I mean, never even in my wildest dreams thought that would happen, Tyler. But the reality is I'm a storyteller. When I got out of the military, I grew up around people from Appalachia and I told stories in special forces. When I got out of the military, I had a very rough transition and it was really storytelling, I believe, that saved my life. It helped me find my voice again. It helped me connect that traumatic, guilt-ridden world of the military that I had left behind, but also a world I loved very much. And it helped me transport my relevance, my purpose into the civilian world that I was in. And I did it through narrative. I did it through story. Had some great mentors and trainers. And one of them was a former NFL uh, football player named Bo Eason, who had written a play about becoming a football player that went off Broadway. And he told me, he said, you should write a play. It'll heal you. And honestly, man, I took his advice because I do what my coaches tell me to do, but I never in my wildest dreams thought that it would do what it's done, but it did. It healed me. And I like to think maybe it healed some other people too. That's absolutely fantastic. We were just uh, talking to some other folks about the powerful uh, elements of art and how to get it into veterans' hands, but you're doing it the other way. You didn't go to a writer's cooperative and sort of figure out how to do it. You just went and did it. Well, that's kind of what Green Berets, I like to think, have always done is that we see something that we want to try to do that's bigger than we are. And we surround ourselves with people who are really great at it. And we just take the coaching and we apply ourselves to it with a lot of rigor. And, and what I did know was that storytelling was, such. It had, again, it saved my life. It helped me pull a friend of mine back from suicide after my near suicide. And, and I used my story of that to, to connect with him. And so I needed no convincing on the power of story, or as I call it, the generosity of scars, the repurposing of one's story 
one struggle through story to serve others. And so much so that Monty, my wife and I, we founded a nonprofit called The Hero's Journey. And it's all about helping warriors find their voice and tell their story. And so I started working on the play, I guess it was about five years ago. And, and I started just writing. It was really, it started around uh, a composite character named Danny Patton, who was a, based on three team sergeants of mine that didn't make it home. And Danny is killed in the first scene. And he's trying to ascend to the warrior resting place of Valhalla and no peace, but he can't let go. And, and he's stuck. He's stuck between his fire base and his living room. So his best friend who was killed in the Pentagon named Kenny comes down from Valhalla along with some other operators and they're shape shifters. They become the people in Danny's life who made his heart pump the most blood, his wife, his son, his arch nemesis, his battalion commander. And they take Danny all the way through his life from the time he tried out in special forces, met his wife, got married, had a child, 9-11, deployment one, deployment three, deployment seven to Afghanistan all the way through until you figure out, he figures out what it is he's holding on to and he lets go. And, and in doing so, the audience goes for this two-hour white-knuckle ride with Danny and these other actors who, by the way, are combat veterans and military family members. And in doing so, you immerse emotionally in what has been the longest war in our nation's history. And you can't help but leave it really feeling like you lived the experience yourself. So how did you come up with this idea? I mean, it sounds so intricate. That must have taken a bit of, of reflection over time about all the people you served with, the challenges folks are facing, finding your purpose, finding your voice. Yeah. How did you, know, you come I, up with all that? I, I look back on it now, and I haven't thought about it in a long time because of the whole Afghanistan collapse thing. But I look back on it now, Tyler, and I honestly don't know. I, I feel like I was guided by a lot of friends that aren't here anymore. And I just asked myself if if I could tell this story through Danny's eyes and and through the the, the voices of my friends that didn't make it home, what would I have Danny say? And then what would I have him experience? And I just kind of just moved the pen. I mean, it, dude, it took years. It took I mean, I was traveling to Sarasota, Florida to work with. I had people that mentored me and helped me. It was a disaster all the way through. It was never pleasant. It was never easy. I was ready to throw it out the window. I think it nearly led to divorce with my wife and me multiple times. It it was a real journey, man, just like any other piece of work that means something, right? I don't know. I think I really feel like my higher power and, and some old friends guided me. Well, that's a quite a powerful uh, motivation. Must it, these things are so hard because they're so emotional. It's so personal, yeah, and scary. Yeah. Sharing sharing these type things, yeah, it which is. is it, a lot of folks have these transitions, and and you you sound exactly the kind of people that we're trying to reach. So, how did you get past these demons? Well, it, that's a great question. And in addition to writing the play, I just knew I wanted to perform it, Tyler. And I again, I I'm a storyteller. I've been on the stage a lot. I tell stories a lot. I'm a public speaker, and I felt like that's what this was. It was storytelling much more than acting. And I felt really connected to Danny. I felt like I knew him. I felt like he was part of me, but he was also part of the men who I had loved so much. And I just wanted to do whatever it took to become him so that a couple of things could happen on stage. One is I could help those veterans who I love so much, whether they're wounded guys or girls or Vietnam veterans, like whoever, I could help them uh, heal and, and validate their journey through storytelling. That was number one. 
The second thing was I could inform civilians who, frankly, many of them have no understanding or concept of what this kind of war is in the shadows. And then I I felt like maybe this could reconnect communities around a very hard topic, which is war. So ultimately help some people let go of the pain. So what I did, man, I started going to New York City. (laughs) This was like a year and a half before we ever released the play. We didn't have a cast yet. I just started going to New York City and I started studying under Larry Moss and Carl Bure, that football player that was my mentor, had talked world-renowned director Larry Moss into working with me. And why the hell he did it, I have no idea. But I think he was just infatuated with the ass whooping that I was asking to do. And like, so we, we did this thing and he trained me and he said, Scott, you've got so much trauma and guilt right now. If you don't learn how to take all that off and just let it go on stage, nobody's really going to be able to come along for this ride because it means a lot to you, but they're not going to know what to do because you're so jammed up. So I had to do diaphragmatic breath work. I had to do trauma interventions. I mean, it was a lot, man. And I had to study acting with like these 20 year old kids around me. And, but I, I did, I studied and I studied and I practiced and I practiced and I just did the reps until I could just drop into on stage, even to the point where I have my, I have a night terror in one of the scenes. I actually have a PTS episode in the, in the film because we've turned the play into a film and it was just, a, it's like anything else in life, a lot of reps, time served. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, of getting past things, finding your purpose and finding your tribe. I think that's the greatest takeaway of this entire play is the finding your purpose and finding your tribe again after you leave service. Because it's yeah. often the most challenging things for veterans. It is, man. And you know what was so cool was I look back on like, if you watch the, because we turned it, we did a year on tour, 16 cities over 5,000 people in the different audiences from Santa Barbara to Vermilion, South Dakota, to New York City, just off Broadway. We did we traveled with our own counselors. We did 200, and 200 plus PTS interventions in the lobbies. We performed for, I think, over 70 Gold Star families. And through all of that, Tyler, it was a cast of military veterans, military family members, and Gold Star family members, and wounded warriors in our, not just in our troop, but in our entire support team. And that was the coolest thing, man, was what happened behind the scenes. I'll have to send you the behind the scenes documentary at 30 minutes, but going to those 16 cities with those, with that eclectic group of this island of misfit toys, we put 28,000 miles on a U-Haul van. We just had the best time and we became a family. We really did. And all of us found purpose again. All of us found connection again and family again. And it was just a beautiful experience, and I'm so glad now that we were able to turn it into a film uh, so that more people can experience it. So how did that even start? You have this play, you have it written up, you're studying acting, and all of a sudden, you're performing it on the road. I, that just doesn't happen. Right. So what happened was the first thing we decided, we live in Tampa, Florida, so we thought we'll do a world premiere of the play, right? And so we couldn't get a theater in Tampa, Florida, anywhere to rent space to us because I think they just thought it was going to be like an after school. And, uh, oh, look at the cute veterans doing art. And so nobody would rent us any space. So we ended up renting the ballroom at the Marriott. My wife and I wrote the check for all of it. We ended up renting our own lights, our own sound. I had found the cast through some connections and, and we ended up becoming very close another SF guy named Lenny, an 82nd Airborne guy named Brian, and a military family member named AIM, an actress in Orlando who became our director as well. 
And we just started putting the word out. And um, I think 300 plus people came on Veterans Day 2019 to bear witness to my midlife crisis. And when we did the show, I mean, it just brought the house down and people were, I don't think people knew what to expect. And when they saw it and they experienced it, they were like, my God, what just happened here? And it was so raw and so visceral and just so full of hope at the end. And I think it just, it just transported people. And so we did a talk back at the end. My mentor, Bo, had always said, make sure you do talk backs with the audience because the audience is smart and they're going to want to talk. Every single person in the room said, this needs to go on tour. Everyone in America needs to see it. So we kind of looked, I looked at my wife and she was like, oh my God, <laughs> she knew, she knew what was coming. So we did, we got our little nonprofit, the hero's journey became a touring company. And we just started adding people to the roster to help us. And we became a performing touring troupe and we did it for a year. Wow. You just out of the blue. Hey, we're going to take this on the road, run a U-Haul pack a bunch of stuff and let's go. Yeah. I mean, we asked for volunteers right there in that talk back. We said, who would like to sponsor this? Because there were people from all over the country and a lot of hands went up and that was kind of how the tour got laid out. That's why we were going from like Santa Barbara to Vermilion, South Dakota to Brandon, Mississippi, pretty much anybody that said they wanted the the tour, we went. It, it was very expensive. We raised money as we went. We had hosts in every city that were uh, big supporters in the military, and they would get the theater. They would raise the revenue locally. They would put us up in houses and feed us. It was a lot of work, and it was a year out of our life that we just kind of shut everything down and did it. But we all just felt like it's what it was what the country needed at the time, and it was what we needed. And it was most importantly, it was what our veterans and our gold stars needed. We always said that this was a love letter to our gold star families and our combat veterans and our military families. And that's how we treated it. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we figured it out pretty quick. I think one of the neatest things about that entire experience is the fact that you were offering PTS interventions in the lobbies uh, as you went around place to place. I would love to say that that happened like by design, but like everything else with the film or the play, it didn't. There's a there's a prop in the film, Tyler, behind me, not tonight, but in the play. We it, The other thing is we only have seven wooden actors blocks, a prop called the Wall of Honor, which is a multi-shelf system with these little trinkets on it that Danny and his son built together. And that's it. And the cast plays like 18 characters. And so, we know, your imagination and, and the transfer of imagery is really what makes the story so compelling. And we take you for a ride. We knew because three of us were combat veterans, we were we would all experience trauma at various stages. So we brought in two, three trauma interventionists to travel with us who would do diaphragmatic breath work and they would do different protocols before, during and after the show. But what happened, what we noticed was during the talkbacks and stuff, there were people in the audience who were clearly not getting help. They were clearly just pushing the trauma down, pushing the guilt down. And the play opens that up. It gives you access to those emotions, which we're supposed to have, right? That we push down. And you could just see that they weren't getting any help and they were just, they were so hungry for some kind of connection. And so our therapist would just walk out and, and say, come, let's take, let's take a walk and talk. And they would do an intervention with them right there on the spot. And in a lot of cases, clear them of those traumatic memories by using RTM and other protocols. So it was really beautiful. It was really cool to see. And it was all an accident. I never thought that that would happen, those trauma interventions, but that ended up being really cool. So you have these interventions just to help with the cast. Then you said, hey, 
we're seeing these people sitting around and you can tell you and I yeah. and most veterans, we know those people that have packed yeah. it in, can't say anything, can't look anything other than the part. And then it, it just builds up and festers over time. And those are the ones that usually spiral out of control at some point. They, they aren't able yeah. to control it any longer until you get that cathartic release through whatever mechanism works well, whether it's the arts or therapy or what have you, as long as it isn't the negative externalities, like getting drunk and uh, right. getting and fighting the cops, that happens right. a bunch too. Yeah. So you went on this journey and then COVID hit. Right. Right. And you said, shut no, well, more down. people need to see this. Yeah. So what did you do down. then? Well, we had our second tour planned. Our second year of the tour was planned. We had all the cities laid out, the hosts were ready to go and COVID hit and it shut everything down. And we went almost a full, well, we went a full year without doing the tour. And I watched veteran suicide rates go up. I watched depression go up. I saw our Vietnam generation just being decimated. And I told my wife, I said, I don't think we did all this just to go out like this. It doesn't feel right. And I think she knew I was getting ready to go to the next level there. And she's like, so what do you suggest? I said, well, how about we make it a movie? And I said, Hamilton did it. And she's like, yeah, they had a few million dollars. And I thought, well, we raised all that money for the tour. Why couldn't we raise a quarter million dollars and just produce the whole thing ourselves? So we put the word out that we were going to do it. It was amazing. The people that came to our aid who had seen the play. And we just said, look, we're going to take, we're going to do what Hamilton did with the play, bringing it to the, to, to the film. And um, we're going to use the same cast. We're going to shoot it in like six days. And we did. And we raised a quarter million dollars grassroots on our, with the beautiful donations of people around the country. And we paid for it. And now it's in, uh, we did a limited release on Memorial Day. I think 30,000 people saw it on Memorial Day. And we're just finishing up uh, production right now. So what we're going to do, Tyler, is we're going to release it on Veterans Day for a limited launch period on YouTube. So for free, no, we're not going to charge anybody because certainly coming out of this thing with Afghanistan, we need to heal our veterans from this moral injury. And we need to inform the American people on why it's so important to honor this promise to the Afghan people. And this film will show you. So we're going to make it available for free. And we're going to work with affiliates like you to try to get the word out. And then Probably after Christmas, it will be on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Google TV, where it will live forever. And all proceeds will go to a veteran performing arts center called Better Ground in Tampa, Florida, that we're going to use to help other veterans learn how to tell their story. So when people want to learn more about the play, more about you guys, how do they find out more? Just go to lastoutfilm.com, lastoutfilm.com. There's amazing stuff there. You can go ahead and sign up for the film now. You can watch the documentary behind the scenes that I talked about earlier. It's hilarious. It's beautiful. It's got all of the stuff that we're talking about from the tour. You can feel as if you were with us on the tour. And most importantly, you can go ahead and sign up to watch the film on Veterans Day when it releases. And, and if you want to donate and help us with that Performing Arts Center, you can donate there as well. But it's called lastoutfilm.com. So that's pretty easy to find. So, Scott, before I let you go, what should I have asked you about but didn't? I think as we're going through this very, very trying, turbulent time with the Afghanistan problem set, we have a lot of veterans, a lot of Gold Star families, and a lot of military veterans who are just going through a ton of stuff right now. And whether they're actively trying to help Afghans or whether they were just floored by this, whatever, I would just ask the American people that are listening to this, don't forget our veteran population. I know we don't want to forget the Afghans, but our veterans have given so much to us. And as we approach Veterans Day, 
it's easy to just dismiss the level of service and sacrifice that our veterans and our military families and our Gold Star families certainly have made. And I think this Veterans Day in particular, we really need to go out of our way to let them know that we appreciate them and they love them. We love them. And, and, and more than just thanking them for their service, watch this film. Watch this film and you'll really feel a level of connection and, and appreciation for the sacrifice that's out there. And if you served and you're a family member, watch this film. And you'll see part of your life up on that stage and you'll know that what you did matter. You bring up a great point with a small volunteer, all volunteer military. People are deploying seven, eight, nine times, which was unheard of in any other previous conflict. But we've never had a conflict that lasted 20 continuous years. And then to be, well, in in spectacular fashion, collapse, leaving our, our promises unkept. And that's really caused a lot of people, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress and a lot of frustration. I know a friend of mine was there for a whole year. He works very closely with a lot of Afghans trying to get them out now. It's it's very, very frustrating because you just can't do the same things you can do when you have boots on the ground after the fact. So I I know that that's a lot. You can. And all of us at some point, Tyler, are going to have to let go of this pain. There's not... I just don't believe that because you served a higher purpose and you played the higher game that you are condemned to suffer. I don't believe that that is our lot in life. I believe that there is a way to let go and to know peace. And uh, I believe this film can help us do that. And I pray that people will watch it. We've been talking with Scott Mann with the lastoutplay.com. The play is called Last Out. It is a very tremendously powerful play. It's going to be a film. You're going to be able to watch it for free coming up on Veterans Day. And then you'll be able to find it on all your favorite streaming uh, video and Amazon and Netflix and all those things. It'll be be everywhere. I'm sure a lot of people will be even trying to find it after the fact. But if you pay attention and go sign up at lastoutfilm.com, You can watch it for free. They'll even let you know when it comes out. So you can go see it for free coming up on Veterans Day. Scott, thank you so much for joining us and coming home well and sharing with us, A, the redemptive power of your play and now film, but also the story that goes behind it. I think that's really powerful and really helpful to the healing. Thank you, Tyler. And the last thing I would say to our warriors, anybody out there really, is that you have a story in you from your journey that really matters and uh, the world needs to hear it. So, so please find a way to, to find your voice and share that story because um, the country needs that more than ever these days. Hey, folks, Tyler here at Coming Home Well. I wanted to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp, for sponsoring our podcast. As a veteran-related podcast, we cover a lot of sensitive topics and difficult issues that our military service members face when they return home from war. One of the biggest challenges vets often face is the isolation of today's culture. Nine out of ten times, we prefer just to stay home. Maneuvering through all the chaos in today's society can be debilitating. So reaching out to someone who is qualified to help can be a starting point in moving forward. And that's why I'm proud to announce our connection with BetterHelp.com. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com. BetterHelp.com is one of the leaders in online counseling and will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So that's a great opportunity to talk to someone and you don't even have to leave your own couch to go sit on someone else's. If you go to betterhelp.com slash coming home well, you can be connected to a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're not comfortable talking over the phone, you could start by texting. 
They have video chat options, real-time options, and you can meet weekly at the discretion of the counselor. Now, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. It is someone who's trained in handling veterans' issues and can help you tackle that mountains of struggles together rather than alone. If you go to betterhelp.com slash coming home well, you'll be automatically put in for a discount code of 10% off of your first month of therapy. If you don't see the 10% put on automatically, just put in the discount code coming home well, as this will also gets your 10% off. If you're experiencing financial hardships, let them know. There is financial aid available in the form of an extra discount. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com backslash coming home well, all one word. They are great at what they do, and what they do is help us veterans to come home well. Thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well. Coming home well.